Hello world, it is Friday, January 1st. I'm Colin, I'm joined as always by my co-host Kenny. This is HNTLDR. Kenny, how's it going? It's pretty good, 2021. It's a, it's a new year. Seinfeld mm. is on Netflix now. I mean, things are looking up. Well, you, you know, you win some, you lose some. What can you do? You do, you, that's true. <laughs> what do you got? Um, well, kind of a slow day uh, yesterday because it was New Year's Eve, but a few things happened. Uh, California introduced a law banning delivery apps from listing a restaurant without an agreement, which uh, is, a, I guess, a pretty good idea. It seems yeah, like you wouldn't really have to spell that out, but I guess <laughs> there were many reports of these delivery services just adding restaurants onto their service and then doing the delivery and the restaurants didn't even know about it. Fascinating. So, Which ones were these? Probably I can't remember them, which one but... did this, but I think all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, about damn time, I'll say. Good for California. So. Uh, there's a great article that was kind of buried yesterday as well. The USDS Digital Services Playbook. Do you know about the USDS? Oh, I love the USDS. Me I've too. almost applied to the USDS multiple times. Yes. I know a guy who was there from the beginning. It's kind of an interesting origin story. They basically, you know, brought on this like, excuse me, this crack team of, you know, Silicon Valley types to try to fix the Medicare.org, sorry, Medicare.gov rollout after it was just a total snafu. And they were like, hmm, maybe we should like keep people around who are, uh, you know, knowledgeable about technology. So they just dropped them all into the USDS. They just came out with this digital services playbook, which is basically like, this set of 13 quote unquote plays uh, that, you know, government organizations should follow when building their websites or technology. And, uh, and it's incredible. I mean, it's basically just, you know, the 13 most obvious, you know, best practices of software development. Uh, number one is understand what people need. Uh, there's some great ones, you know, make it simple and intuitive, build a service using agile and iterative practices uh you know this is great choose a modern technology stack and you know automate testing and deployments and you know you these are all like listed out as their plays as the chapters and then you can click on each one uh to get like a more detailed you know view of it though weirdly it's it's not particularly detailed each one is like an extra paragraph so you know the uh something like you know choose a modern technology stack is like uh yeah, you know, we need to be able to build, you know, services that scale easily and cost effectively. And uh, so your kind of checklist for doing this is uh, choose software frameworks that are used by private sector companies and uh, ensure that your software can be deployed on a bunch of commodity hardware types and that you make sure each project has clear, understandable instructions for setting up a local development environment. And it's just like, honestly, this is useful just as like, you know, uh, I don't know if you're going to start learning software engineering, this is just like yeah. a pretty good distillation of best practices in general. Uh, even though it's obviously like, you know, kind of extreme basics and it's just kind of adorable imagining these USDS guys sitting in a room, you know, clearly treating, you know, all of these people who run our government as these like, you know, technological imbeciles who need to be, uh, you know, explain everything in as simple terms as possible. Yeah, this is uh, this is a great little set of thirteen things here. Uh, it 
I mean, I don't know how obvious all of them are. Do you remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there was like an emergency call for COBOL developers because there was like, like COBOL systems to get out like the, um, the stimulus checks were like, <laughs> like under stress and they, yeah. yeah. And they needed people to like, they needed COBOL developers specifically. So I'm glad that choose a modern technology stack is, uh, is listed in here. It's coming back around. It's time to learn COBOL, <laughs> but it is nice to, it is nice to see all these things kind of, you know, with an official stamp of approval, uh, especially, you know, the last one is default to open you know, uh, try to publish all your data publicly and uh, just collaborate in general with other parts of the government when you're building things. And, uh, you know, it's a step in the right direction. So I am still excited by this. That is that is pretty nice. Um, in other news, uh, there's a headline on HN right now that says Bitcoin is a disaster. So, okay. of course, I am going to click on an article that says Bitcoin is a disaster. <laughs> It's upsetting. I'm just kind of and, surprised uh, this wasn't your first one. <laughs> and um, this guy in a in a list serve email just makes the case that uh, Bitcoin is a disaster, which you know I think we all pretty much knew <laughs> mm. for various reasons of your definition of disaster. But uh, these the, this part isn't the disaster that I normally think about, so it was interesting to, to yeah. think about the fact that like oh at, like having having a single chain that is like the having the ledger kind of permanent that you could always go back to just has such a high chance of being able to be uh scraped through to to find to figure out yeah information that when you made the transaction was not possible to have figured out right yeah there's a lot of um a lot of scalability arguments that you know uh are are pretty common I'm kind of surprised kind of the most notable thing about this is that it was, you know, number two on HN yesterday, since, you know, these are, it's kind of a lot of known limitations, you know, the centralization of mining as a result of, you know, the, the fact that it's this race to the bottom to just find the places in the world with the cheapest electricity um, is, you know, part of why you're seeing centralization of mining plus, right. uh, you know, the existence of ASICs that, you know, hardware that's specifically uh, intended for Bitcoin mining means that like, you know, the kind of classic like, oh, yeah, everyone in the world or anyone who wants to can just run a miner on their computer and you get this like, you know, kind of idealistic form of of true decentralization. That's not true at all because your computer's, you know, one, you know, a millionth as fast as the ASICs are uh, right. for doing Bitcoin right. mining. Yeah. But so, yeah, I think it's it's notable that this was top. And I, I do wonder, it's, pro it's probably just an inevitable, like, counterpoint to the recent rise in the Bitcoin price. I was thinking it's been it's just been upvoted by every single person who had Bitcoin and sold before it hit today's price of twenty nine thousand four hundred fifteen dollars. Jesus. Not that I not that I have the Bitcoin price open all the time. Henry, I thought we had a policy. Never, never tell me the price. <laughs> ah, Jesus. <laughs> pretty upsetting though uh all right new thing which is another fun one tab fs mount your browser oh, tab omar rizwan omar rizwan our pal I'm this is the better. first thing that he worked on after um i think or the first thing he's after published dynamic since land? leaving dynamic land a few months ago wow okay aside from ten thousand tweets 
Yeah. And it's been what, like uh, a, a month. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing your thing, Omar, if you're listening, which you are not. Yeah, Omar, I'm a big fan. Absolutely. Comes up with a lot of great stuff. Uh, yeah, I do like this. I, I mean, I don't know. It still seems pretty involved to, you know, implement anything substantial here. Like the hard part, I feel like, isn't like setting the URL, you know, you know, the kind of example, the toy example is like, oh yeah, you can, uh, I guess, you know, change, change the URL or something by just like writing a, writing a file to URL.txt at the right part of your file system. But, you know, that's like done trivially by, you know, Puppeteer or any dedicated like web automator automation uh, library. The hard part is like actually doing the, the scraping, you know, the DOM traversal, whatever, uh, actually, you know, parsing the HTML in a way and understanding it. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess I'm curious to see what people build. And I, I didn't spend enough time looking at the kind of examples of stuff you can do. But uh, yeah, I guess something to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. This definitely just seems like a start because there's lots of things that he like still wants to do, including the the live editing part of, of the web page, um, okay. which I think will add a lot of power. But yeah, this definitely seems like a a baseline like thing to for things to be built on top of trying to make just browsers in general less of a black box. Yeah, and I had no idea you could do anything like this, like listen for file changes to and then you know and then like you know push push all these commands back into the browser. Uh, you know, whenever someone writes to URL.txt, you're able to just like, you know, programmatically tell Chrome what to change. I mean, I guess yeah. it must be possible given the headless browsing options in Chrome, but uh, definitely, definitely a clever idea. Yeah, definitely. What do you got? Uh, let's see. Well, that was what I was going to talk about next, actually. So I have oh. to look at the... Well, in that case, I can throw something else out there. Oh, throw, throw something out here. It'll be a quick one. Newly discovered ghostly circles in the sky can't be explained by current theories, and astronomers are excited. I don't really have any commentary here, but it's pretty exciting. There's some sort of new telescope, uh, a sort of new project, I guess, called EMU, Evolutionary Map of the Universe, made with... Uh, uh, there is a new telescope involved, the Australian Square Kilometer Array Pathfinder. So uh, sounds like there's some, yeah, this will have to replace, you know, what's the huge telescope that that just like blew up or fell apart or whatever. The one that's in all the, like in all the movies. Something fell apart? <laughs> yeah. Like the, the telescope that was in the movie Contact uh, is like in the jungle and it like is this huge, you know, dish uh, that... I don't know. I don't know anything else about it. It's just this really <laughs> impressive looking contact and it just like a wire snapped and like destroyed a third of it. And it's just dead now. Huh? Um, Arecibo, the Arecibo observatory. Anyway. Uh, yeah, now it's defunct. So this, this one's going to have to be the new, like, you know, place in sci-fi movies where astronomy nerds go when they're, you know, making first contact with aliens. Uh, but it's pretty cool. They've got these cool photos. It's like, Basically, there's these weird blobby donut shapes that, you know, the first one was discovered in 2019 uh, using this new, like, ASCAP, uh, yeah, ASCAP telescope. And now they've found, like, a thousand more. They're called orcs. 
which I love because the title of you know the sub one of the subheadings here is hunting orcs. Uh, <laughs> it's incredible. I already forgot what ORC stands for, and it is odd radio circles. They're just these uh-huh. blobby donuts, and no one has any explanation for what they are. And it's just fun that there's something new in astronomy. That is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, I guess aliens will be taking over soon then. We, yeah, we've got maybe a few light years. So I don't know. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. We got some time. I don't know what the closest one is. <laughs> a light years isn't a unit of uh, time, is it? Ah, whatever. Well, <laughs> well it's, uh, it's a distance that implies uh, some time if they're traveling as fast as they possibly can. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, okay, last on my list is on HN right now is a list of the best stories of 2020. So look back across the entire year for highest popularity. And the highest popularity story is the sad news that YouTube DL received a DMCA, uh, DMCA takedown. Um, wow. But then it got restored. So that is mostly mostly fixed. Woo-hoo. What a roller coaster. It was, it was a roller coaster. I love YouTube DL. I use it very frequently. So yep. I would have been really sad if I, I don't know, had to use a different service. <laughs> I know. Some sketchy service that just, yeah. you know, I use y2mate.com. Turns out someone recently bought y2mate.org and somehow is winning the SEO battle against the real y2mate. Wow. Learned that the hard way. So maybe <laughs> I, I've been using these instead of YouTube DL because I'm an idiot. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got to make learn. the switch. It's it's so <laughs> nice. Okay, I think that's all I got too. Great. Uh, okay. Till tomorrow, well, I'm uh, yeah. at Colin Hacks on Twitter. Kenny is at Future Kenny SF. See you then. See ya.